Hi and welcome to this uh, episode of MHTV. Uh, we're in a different location today, uh, not in our front rooms across the UK, but uh, we're in Malta at the moment. Uh, over at the Horatio conference, it finished in Malta yesterday uh, and we're just uh, waiting for our plane at the airport to head back home. Uh, just wanted to do a quick video, uh, kind of doing some reflections on the conference over the last couple of days. Uh, and kind of thinking about uh, what we've heard and what we've seen. Uh, and also it's, it's sort of like a prelude to uh, tonight's episode, which is a recording of the session that we uh, delivered uh, on MHTV. So hopefully that will be of interest as well. But first I'm joined uh, tonight by Dr. Neil Murphy. So hi, Neil. Hi, nice to see you, Dave. And uh, do you want to just give some uh, background as to who you are? Yeah, I'm a retired lecturer from Salford University. I worked in the community mental health team for 30 to 40 years and was involved in really about practitioner development really. Okay uh, and you're a member of our mental health nursing I journal am. editorial board? I've been a member of the editorial board for many many years. Brilliant uh, and like I say we've both been at the conference over the last couple of days uh, and we just wanted to kind of reflect on a few of the messages. So uh, Neil what was your kind of headline thoughts about the conference? Uh, I think it's that I was here about 15 years ago and things are very similar in European healthcare in many ways, and but different. Um, it's, it's a shame that there's still the levels of bureaucracy that stop development and innovation, and that's not only sort of like just in areas like, in particular like Switzerland, but apparently in Germany it's similar as well, and other areas as well. Uh, changes to healthcare legislation don't seem to be being enacted as uh, perhaps as quickly as they have been in the UK and the changes which we've engaged in the UK have actually gone a little bit quicker and a little bit further. Okay uh, and we've seen 21 different countries uh, kind of uh, attend the Horatio conference. Uh, were there any other kind of highlights in terms of messages that you picked up from other countries about the work that they're doing? Um, I think yeah looking for innovation I suppose really some of the um, eco type approaches uh, out water swimming, outdoor swimming, cold water swimming uh, see bits of it in the UK but actually in the uh, in Norway and Denmark particularly they had a really really excellent presentation um, looking at the way that it helped people with resistant treatment resistant depression uh, over to not only Dave's fantastic talk at MHTV of course. which I, I, have, I have to admit it was the best by a long way and I went to all the set uh, many of the sessions another one was around uh, from Michelle Funk around equality and uh, particularly about the new directives from the World Health Organization which concerned me rather that we're having to legislate for people to have people with mental health to be heard uh, that concerns me concerned me a great deal but also for Magnus Higgins about co-production but the lack of co-production for me was that there was no users there hmm. and I suppose that's one of the, the features I think of this year's Horatio conference that you know there was a real kind of lack of, of, of user voices yeah. uh, you know straight from their mouths kind of thing uh, especially at a time when uh, it, it was actually mentioned at the conference uh, an issue that has been uh, kind of kicking off in the UK about uh, stop uh, SIM uh, and that was actually referenced at, at this week's uh, conference uh, in terms of uh, other things, did you pick anything else up while we've uh, been here? A uh, couple of things really. It's about the sharing of ideas, which this cross-fertilisation, which we've perhaps lost in the UK now with coming out of the EU, um, that there are sharing of ideas. For example, uh, one of the processes they're trying to implement in Switzerland is a Dutch model of mental health care and community. Okay. Um, Icelandic 
uh, are bringing in more CBT and actually engage with the BABCP which is quite an interesting concept really about an organisation that looks at cognitive behavioural work moving into other countries when it's actually patented basically within a Western society and a Western audience. Okay. Uh, and obviously if you're interested in more of what Horatio does, uh, MHNA is uh, a member group of the association, uh, but they have a website, uh, they've got uh, social media, Twitter and Facebook, uh, and they're doing quite a lot of work. Uh, one of the reports back was from Professor Thomas Kearns, based over in Ireland, uh, and he spoke about uh, one of the pieces of work that Horatio are involved with uh, in developing cross uh, World Health Organization work on, on mental health nursing. Uh, so we really would recommend people to take a look at that. Uh, but like I say, we're now going to move over to uh, a recording from uh, the conference yesterday. Uh, that uh, was the session that I delivered on MHTV uh, and I was joined by uh, Nikki, uh, one of the other MHTV presenters. Uh, she was uh, over in the UK but Kate, uh, joined the session via Zoom. Uh, so I hope you enjoy it uh, and obviously as always if you've got any questions or comments we'd love to hear them uh, either on Twitter with the hashtag MHTV or on the Facebook live feed uh, if you just pop a message in the, uh, the chat on the side. Uh, but obviously I hope you enjoy the presentation. Okay well obviously thank you for coming to this session this afternoon. I appreciate the fact that everyone's hung around to the bitter end uh, because you know I appreciate that there's a uh, lovely Malta to go and see as well so hopefully what we're going to talk about over the next kind of 40-45 minutes will make it really worthwhile. Uh, my plan is we're going to have like a bit of a conversation now in terms of the process that we went through to set up MHTV uh, and then getting towards the end of the time today hopefully just have a bit of a, a practice at what we do uh, to put an episode together. Obviously we're not going to do it completely the same because it would take more time, but hopefully just give you a bit of a sense of it. Uh, and ultimately, if it's something that you think, oh, I'd love to be involved in, obviously, you know, you could maybe be a future guest of ours, or it's something that you could organise in your own countries uh, to do, you know, completely separately and differently. Uh, and everything that I'm going to talk about today, uh, you know, it's not sort of like copyrighted. I'm not going to come and sue you if you try and kind of do some of the things that we've done because it, it genuinely is about wanting to create communities that people can get together uh, and they can enjoy and, and, and learn from each other. Uh, so I'm also gonna just introduce as well, you can see a very tiny Mickey on the screen up there. Uh, I'm gonna talk about the three people that have been involved in MHTV in a moment, but Nikki's up there, she can hear us. Uh, just to say that I am recording the session today, but I'm just recording this bit of the room. So obviously none of you will be on camera unless you sort of like attack the stage. Uh, obviously you will be heard. So if you don't want to be recorded your voice, don't say anything. Uh, but if you're okay with your voice being recorded, then say what you want. Uh, and obviously if it's really nasty, I can pull that online and prove that you're a horrible person. So hopefully it'll be pleasant. With pictures. With, with, pictures, with pictures of me. So I'm just going to start the presentation now. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. 
Now I've shared our theme tune for two reasons. One is because it's how we start every episode and it feels like quite an integral part of the episode. It's a, a piece of music that one of our members, uh, a mental health nurse composed and, and performed. Uh, and also because I know that Nikki's really, really fed up of it. And I think she put on a really good kind of face of, oh, I'm enjoying this moment, even though I'm sure on the inside she was dying a little bit. So uh, yeah, it's done that. Anyway, so what we're here to talk about today is MHTV, how to build an online digital community. And I think when we heard the uh, theme of this year's conference, it just felt like it fitted perfectly, uh, kind of reuniting mental health nurses. And the whole basis of what we did with MHTV was about not reuniting, but bringing mental health nurses together. Uh, and obviously we're gonna go into a little bit of detail about how hopefully we've achieved that. Just to say that we were hoping that there would have been three of us up here today to, to make this presentation. Uh, Vanessa, Gar uh, Vanessa Gilmartin uh, is a, a mental health nurse who lives in the northeast uh, of England, in Yorkshire and Humber of England, uh, England. Uh, and she is an absolute specialist in prison uh, care, uh, prison mental health services, uh, and also has a real rich history in working online, uh, you know, working uh, in, in, a, in a digital way. Uh, we've got Nikki Lambert uh, in the middle, uh, Associate Professor at Middlesex University. Obviously, because Nikki's listening in, I can quite uh, legitimately say one of the most amazing colleagues that I've ever worked with uh, in mental health nursing, an absolute star, and is a hugely integral part of uh, MHTV and is an, you know, absolutely amazing. Uh, I'm sure you'll agree with all of that, Nikki. Uh, and then uh, I uh, sort of Come in third. Uh, I'm Dave Monday. Uh, I work for a trade union in the UK, Unite the Union. Uh, it's one of the country's biggest trade unions over there. We've got about 1.3 million members, uh, but about 100,000 of those work in the health sector. Uh, and we've got a really nicely formed group of mental health nurses in the Mental Health Nursing Association. Uh, and I lead support to that group in Unite. Uh, Neil is one of our members. Uh, he is on our editorial board of our journal uh, and he's sort of backing me up today uh, just in case it goes horribly wrong. So just to give you a brief bit of history about why we kind of came up with the idea of MHTV is if you rewind back in time, uh, if you can just about remember the distant past before COVID-19, uh, in 2017 and 2018, uh, we ran a few uh, in-person, face-to-face member events uh, at Unite Mental Health Nurses Association. Uh, two of them were in uh, Scotland and one of them was in London. And what we found with doing those events was it was brilliant bringing people face-to-face, -face, finding nurses, getting them into the same room uh, and having uh, you know, learning experiences together. But one of the real frustrations, and especially with the conference, in 2018 was that feeling that the information was locked in the room and it wasn't going any further and wanting to think about opportunities to get that information uh, much wider. Uh, so what we did at that point was invested in relatively cheap technology uh, just to uh, uh, film sessions and to uh, share them live. Uh, so we could actually say to people, we'd love you to come to a face-to-face -face conference, 
But if you can't come on the day because uh, it's too expensive to travel a few hundred miles or you can't spend the time away from family uh, because it takes time to travel or your employer just won't support you to do it, it's fine. You can stay at home and you can watch this stuff live. The other really nice thing about what we did back then uh, is that whatever we did live was also recorded. So if people weren't free on the day, they could watch it at any point afterwards. And what's quite funny in a way is I've shared uh, a, a screenshot there of uh, what the conference that we did in London. And it was a short segment that me and Vanessa did where we talked to camera about what we were gonna do the next day at the conference. If you're so inclined, you can go onto our Facebook page, you can go back to 2017 and you can watch that video again. And that's one of the really nice things about uh, the, the stuff that we've done and that other people do. Uh, it's not just about sharing things live, it's about recording them and having them available. For one, it might be that people want to, you know, go back and watch again, or it might be that people want to listen to the information uh, because it's of, still of interest. And it is also quite a nice historical record. Uh, and I quite like that, that, you know, for example, in the Edinburgh conference, I can go back and think of a session where we had one of the uh, uh, politicians come and present to the conference. Uh, and ultimately it's quite nice because we quite often in the UK, maybe similar in your country, have politicians that promise things one day and then when they actually get the power to do things, change their mind. So it's quite nice to have a record because you can remind them of past promises uh, so quickly forgotten. Uh, another bit of history now, just to fast forward sort of past 2018 into 2019 and 2020. One of the things that our members often said to us uh, and other mental health nurses who are foolishly not in our membership, uh, said that they were quite sad that mental health nursing, they didn't feel it had a high enough profile in the UK and they wanted that profile to be higher. So one of the things uh, that I did with Vanessa uh, was MH Nursing Future. And what we did was we asked over 100 mental health nurses or mental health nurse supporters to just give us a paragraph of reasons why they thought mental health nurses were the best people in the world. Uh, and it was a really nice project that we could do to really kind of focus down and say, this is one of the really good things about being mental health nurses. Uh, and one of our members, uh, Stephen McKenna Lawson, he did a piece of uh, research looking at all the information that was shared by mental health nurses in these, uh, you know, social media posters and looked at the common themes of what people were saying and brought all that together. Just fast forward into 2020, you may remember that the World Health Organization decided that they would celebrate uh, nursing and mid nurses and midwives that year uh, because it was their designated year of the nurse. Now, this is where the conversations between Vanessa and Nikki and myself started, because one of the things that we, we were really anxious about was that the year of the nurse would be the year of the adult acute physical health nurse who works in a hospital and it wouldn't be about any other type of nursing. I've not said this yet, which I'm sure Nikki's quite surprised by, but I'm not actually a mental health nurse. I'm a health visitor, uh, so a community nurse that works in the UK 
primarily with families with children under five. Uh, so I kind of know in terms of that profession, not really ever getting talked about by people nationally. Uh, but seeing the same with mental health nursing and wanting to do something quite different, uh, wanting mental health nursing to be a really important part of the year of the nurse and midwife and not to be kind of brushed off to the side in the side room that's not often spoken about. What we were hoping for was to do a few events, get mental health nurses together, celebrate the profession, really talk about the profession. And then what happened? COVID happened. And that kind of changed the year of the nurse and midwife. One of the things that I said at the time when sort of talking to our members was we kind of hoped that that year would be a way to show how important and amazing nursing is. And actually it turned into that, but it turned into it by the fact that we all had to go into practice and work in really, really difficult environments. No, no, go on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I suppose it's it's never good enough, is it? And you would never see that it would be enough about all of nursing. I think just just one of the examples was uh, a worldwide conference was planned for London, uh, where they were sort of inviting nurses from all around the world to come to present about nursing. Uh, what was kind of sad for us is when you looked at the ticket price, even people in London were thinking, how am I going to afford it? So let alone someone that would have to travel halfway around the world to go to such an auspicious event. Uh, I suppose in the end, though, it got cancelled because they couldn't have it anymore. So we had the last laugh on that one. Uh, I suppose the, 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 the COVID thing, though, did turn around. And it meant that Nikki, Vanessa and I kind of said, well, we wanted to do something. We always thought it would have an online element to it because of what we've done in previous years. And actually, we're going to do something. We're going to do something a bit different. And we're going to try and get as many people together, give them the opportunity to get together. The other thing that I didn't mention earlier from all the events that, that we always do is, I don't know if it's because I'm a really sort of kind person or if it's just because I'm a bit lazy, but I can never be bothered charging people to come to things. Because actually in having to chase people for money and demand it and all that kind of thing, it's usually quite a bit of effort. Whereas if you make it free, you don't have to worry about any of that. So always wanting to say, you know, you don't have to be a mental health nursing association member. You don't have to be a Unite member. It'd be lovely if you're a member of something because it's important to be a part of a professional association and certainly a trade union. But even if you're not, we still like you. A little bit less, but we still like you. So get involved in it. And again, that was one of the things that we said with MHTV. It's not about us wanting to make a profit off something or to charge for something or to sell something. It's about wanting to do something as a community and wanting people to be involved. The other thing that is really important about it is the democratisation of information. And Vanessa's sort of spoken about this quite often in saying the advantage with social media is it does level the playing field a bit. It doesn't have to be that people have to come to a really nice conference venue in Malta to learn information. It's that people can go online and learn that information in exactly the same way, in a different way, but for a lot lower cost. And that was one of the things that we were really keen to do. The other thing was about giving people the opportunity to be involved. 
And going back to the MH nursing future from before, Nikki might not sort of like, she, she might disagree with me a little bit, but uh, we've even in, encouraged our, you know, rival organisations to be involved in things like that. You know, it's not that we want to do something first and best. It's that we just want to do something as well as we can. And if that means getting our competitors involved at times as well, then that's absolutely fine. Because it's not about who can be the best for mental health nursing. It's wanting everyone to be the best for mental health nursing. So that's what we, we did with that. Like I say, COVID came along. It meant that we had to refocus what we wanted to do. But that's where we came up with the idea of MHTV. It's probably quite kind of sort of woolly at the moment what MHTV is. But now I'm going to go into a bit more detail about what it actually is. And I suppose that it's absolute basic. It's a conversation. And it's a conversation that happens every week, every Wednesday, 7pm UK time. It normally involves at least two of the three of us. So either myself and Nikki or Nikki and Vanessa or Vanessa and Nikki. I'm going to get confused which sort of ones I've done or all three of us and inviting people on as guests. Sometimes it'll be that it's a guest that Nikki's heard of on Twitter and think, actually, they've got quite an interesting, controversial view. We want to share that. Let's ask them to be involved. Or it's been someone that we've come across in our day jobs that is doing a really innovative piece of work. Or it's someone that's contacted us and said, actually, do you mind if we come along and talk about what we want to talk about? And again, some weeks, it might be that we've got, you know, really kind of high-flying uh, professors who absolutely know everything about the subject that they want to talk about. And then other weeks, we have really important people on, like people that use services or have experience of mental health illness and problems themselves and want to come and talk about their experience. And what we always say in that is that we, we're not going to stop you from saying what you want to say. And we can't, in a way. I suppose we could turn it off if you've been really nasty to us. And we've not had to do that so far, so that's been quite nice. But actually, we're not there to police what people are saying. What we do say, though, is what you're saying can be heard anywhere. So if you're going to say it, you're going to have to be able to defend yourself for saying it. And it's not that we're going to be able to come to your aid if you said something that we disagree with, because we'll say we disagree with it. But you know, it's okay to say that kind of thing. I think quite luckily, there's not been too many times when people have said anything really horrible. Uh, and there's not been too many times when our audience has been horrible. But if I remember, if, if I forget, Nikki, remind me, and we'll, we'll, we'll sort of give a bit of a, an example of where it, it has gone wrong uh, once in the past. Go on a question. Yeah, Start yes. Okay, so if you can keep that question for me, I've got this really dangerous habit of saying, I'm going to answer that question in a minute, and I'm going to forget. So when I'm talking about how the episode works a bit in maybe one or two yeah, slides time. And the other question is, do you let people know uh, before uh, what, what are the people are in the, uh, the show, you know? Yeah. Do you let them know that we all make a list for the whole year? Yeah, or, okay. That's the question. I will keep it. Good, good. And I'm hoping that I'm going to answer that one because I think I am. Uh, but if I let you down, draw me back to it. Uh, so the, the, the episode happened. Uh, and just to talk about the, this slide now, uh, on the left, this was our first episode that we did in May 2020. 
Uh, it was during Mental Health Awareness Week in the UK, uh, and it was based on the subject of kindness. Uh, we've got Vanessa and Nikki. Uh, we've got Mark, who is a service user, uh, and we've got uh, Ben, who is a professor at Cardiff University. Uh, and again, it was an opportunity to say, we're going to start having conversations every week, and uh, this is the first one. Uh, fast forward to uh, our 118th episode, which we did last Wednesday, uh, and that was with uh, Cara Lissette. Uh, she is quite an active social media uh, person on Twitter uh, and uh, has done her own blog about her own experiences of uh, eating disorders, uh, bipolar, and of being a human, you know, and of existence, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and so not to particularly show the range of sessions, but just to show that, you know, 118 episodes uh, so far, and, and we're still uh, hopefully going strong. Uh, we've also used MHTV as a vehicle to support uh, other organisations to do the things that they do, but in a more democratic way. Uh, the International Mental Health Nurse, sorry, the International Mental Health Nursing Research Conference. That's something that is organised by the Mental Health Nursing Associ uh, sorry, the Mental Health Nursing Lecturers in the UK. Uh, they do it every year, uh, but they couldn't do it during COVID. So we gave them our platform to say do it during COVID. Uh, and what they did was they recorded sessions uh, that we shared with people. And then we had conversations with that, the, the, the people that had done the presentations uh, and people could ask questions live online. Uh, so that was that one. The other one is the Skellen Lecture. I don't know if you've heard of this. It's something, again, that happens every year in the UK. Uh, and it's to celebrate Eileen Skellen. Uh, every year there is someone that pre presents a lecture in her honour. Uh, and in 2020, Dr. Russell Ashmore did his lecture. And because again, it couldn't be done in person, we uh, recorded it and shared it live. Uh, and it was really nice to do that, especially because not only uh, does it give you people that would have attended the opportunity to attend, but also it would have given, it gave people who could never attend the opportunity to listen to it and listen to it for free. Uh, the other thing I want to say about that, and uh, to, you know, in terms of the conversation and, and being in Horatio this week in Malta, is how really helpful technology has become. Uh, it's so much easier now, and we could do it in 2017 with some effort, but now it's so much more easy to turn up to a venue with a little bit of equipment, uh, with a Zoom account, and to connect with someone uh, a few thousand miles away. Uh, so Nikki at the moment is based is in Canterbury. Uh, I think that's, yeah, that is right. Uh, I sometimes say it's Cambridge, but it's Canterbury, uh, and can get involved in today's session just as if she was sat with us today. And that's great, isn't it? That's such a, a powerful thing of uh, the, the process. Uh, and just to give you an example, uh, for MHTV, we've had sessions with colleagues that work in Australia, in Canada in Finland, in Ireland, uh, and I don't think anywhere else uh, beyond the UK shores. But it doesn't matter, does it? You know, it can be as easily done between the living room and the toilet as it can be done between the living room 
and the other side of the world. So, you know, a really helpful way of doing it. One of the things that I wanted to highlight uh, in terms of what we've been doing is the kind of the targets. And, and we've never been too kind of strict in terms of saying what we want to do and how we want to do it, you know, being quite flexible. But one of the things that Nikki and Vanessa uh, and myself were quite concerned about was the fact that when you look at mental health nursing, quite often, even though it's a profession that has lots and lots of women in it, it's always the men and the white men and the old, bald white men that talk about mental health nursing and get the most established kind of platforms. Obviously, I'm saying that now as a white male sat next to another white male talking to you about what we're doing, but hopefully what we can kind of say is we practice what we preach in terms of MHTV, that we never have, well, we very rarely have panels that are made up of just men. Quite often we do have panels that are completely female. Uh, and when you look at our audience figures as well, what you can see is that about three quarters of our audience are women. And again, that probably suggests in a way, you know, one of the frustrations of it all, that people have to rely on this kind of way to learn because they can't go to the nice conferences, they can't travel the world and, and you know, get great grants for everything. Uh, but hopefully what we're doing is we're giving uh, all people the opportunity to have a voice in terms of being involved in, in the project. So coming on to how it works, so uh, we have, uh, like I say, every Wednesday, 7 p.m., we hope to do an episode. Uh, we book people in advance, so we don't just phone someone up. Well, we rarely phone people up on a Wednesday at 6 o'clock and say, right, you're on tonight. So what we would do is have people booked in over a matter of weeks and months. Uh, we don't often share that information with the audience, mostly because it takes a lot of effort to get that information together in advance. So we don't often give a lot of notice about what we're doing. But what we hope we do is because of the regularity of it happening every Wednesday, then you know it does get people into the habit of thinking, well, something is going to happen. The other thing obviously to say is it's all recorded and we'll talk about where it's recorded in a few minutes. Uh, so anyone can watch it live on a Wednesday at 7 p.m. or they can watch it on a Sunday night at two o'clock because the taxi's not turned up when they're out you know, for a night out. Absolutely flexibility for when they watch it. So the kind of the technology side of things, it's really simple actually, and anyone can do this, uh, Zoom. So you've got uh, a Zoom account, uh, you give the information for what room you're using for that Zoom room that day. Uh, the person joins, uh, the, the guest joins, and the presenters also joined all at the same time. Normally, what Nikki or Vanessa will do is have a conversation with the guests in advance of the session. So once we've booked a session in, we'll say to that guest, do you want to have a conversation before the day or on the day? If they want to have that conversation before the day, maybe a couple of weeks, uh, Nikki or Vanessa will meet with them online and just talk them through the process uh, and also get usually three sort of headings for things that will be covered that uh, that session. So when we've then done that, we then meet again uh, on the Zoom room uh, on the Wednesday at 20 minutes before going live. It means everyone's got the opportunity to know it's working, that the video and the audio is working. I'd say eight times out of 10, it works without a problem. Probably one and a half of the two 
it's a bit of a problem and half of the one it's you know it's really difficult to solve but the vast majority of the time it, it goes without a hitch uh, we then send that information uh, via a piece of software called obs uh, which is a bit like if you're a television production company you can have multiple screens and you can put people in different places and you can move them about and you can change screens and stuff uh, and we send that information to facebook if you don't want to do that complicated bit in the middle you don't have to what you can actually do is just use the zoom link direct to facebook and then have it on a facebook page and so that's what we do every week seven o'clock the unite mhna facebook page has the video starting live of our presenters and the guests and they have that conversation that then gets shared with the world so there's problems with facebook but one of the really good advantages of it is that anyone in the world that has access to facebook can go to facebook and watch the episode doesn't matter where they are as long as their country allows access to it they can watch it uh, we also have uh, no yeah so once we've got that finished live uh, episode as soon as it finishes people can watch it again on facebook so again if you go to our facebook page uh, you can see all the 118 videos we've done so far we also take that a direct copy and put it onto youtube we know that some people prefer youtube over facebook they're both free they're both ways of sharing the information so there's no reason not to do it uh, and then we also use the audio from the show and we put that onto the mental health pod which is a podcast that we've uh, started uh, so again it, it's really good for us uh, because it's easy to do it's really good for our uh, people watching because they've got different ways to watch and listen to it but it's also really good for people appearing on the show because some of them would like those kind of outputs to be able to share, you know, if it's part of the academic courses that they're on, if it's part of their revalidation as a nurse or whatever, they've got, you know, evidence it's there and it's uh, available. Uh, so the only thing that we have to pay for in terms of the process so far, obviously the technology, which I know some of it can be quite expensive, but, you know, you, you, most people now have uh, a phone that will do video and connect to the internet uh, but in terms of the packages and the software the only thing that we actually pay for is about 80 pound about 90 euros a year uh, for the uh, the the pod you know because you have to pay for that to host the pod and that's it so that's all it costs us to do it uh, i just wanted to share a few statistics in terms of uh, the process uh, of what we've done over the last couple of years uh, so what you've got over here is our statistics for our podcast. Uh, so that's on SoundCloud primarily. Uh, when I got these off about a week ago, 36,000 people had listened to uh, an episode of MHTV. Uh, if you look down here, this is our Facebook feed. Uh, about 16,000 people have watched one of our episodes. Uh, you then can look at YouTube. Uh, and sorry, this is YouTube down here. Uh, no, that's Facebook. Sorry. If you look at YouTube, you've got this one here. And what's quite nice, you won't be able to see it from a distance, uh, but it just highlights the kind of the most popular episodes that we've done uh, in terms of uh, viewing figures. Now, at 
this point, I would say it's nice to see that, and it makes us feel a little bit nice that people watch it. But I could also say it's a bit sad because in terms of the world population, there's billions. In terms of the UK population, there's tens of millions. In terms of the UK mental health nurse population, there's tens of thousands. And we're not getting that kind of number of people. But I suppose, again, it's that kind of bit about we do have some impact. You know, there are people watching it. There are people that return every week and there are people that enjoy it. I think the other thing is this is a bit of a hobby that if Vanessa or Nikki or myself just got to the point where we said, really bored of this, really fed up of this, we could quite happily stop it. And it's not that in stopping it, it's a bad thing. We've done a really good piece of work. We've got something online that people can go back to again and again. But actually, you know, life changes. You move on, you do the next thing. We're not there yet. We still enjoy it. And I said to Nikki the other day, when we were recording the last episode, sometimes at 6.40 on a Wednesday, I think, I'd so much rather put one of my kids to bed than do this, because that'd probably be a little bit, you know, be, be, be nice. But then when 7.45 comes round and we've done a really enjoyable episode, and I've really enjoyed talking to someone or listening to someone, or we've had a really nice meaty question from a student mental health nurse about the episode that we've put out, then it does change it all, doesn't it? It does, it does make you feel really, really positive. And hopefully Nikki and Vanessa feel the same, that it'd be awful, it's awful to do stuff you don't want to do. We're doing this because actually we genuinely enjoy doing it. Now, what I wanted to do next was a little bit of a practice. I think that we finish at quarter past, so I reckon we've got five or so minutes or maybe 10 minutes. Uh, but because we've actually not got too long, if this is a disaster now, it doesn't matter and we can just give up on it. But before we do that, was, did I answer the questions that you had? The duration so it starts at seven we genuinely get to about 7 40 p.m and we kind of say to the guests we're going to wrap up now what we do before the session starts is just say have something in the back of your mind or two things in the back of your mind that you're going to say at the end because what we'll do towards the end is say you've got a final thought and what we also try and do is say if you can think about kind of a positive final thought then that's really helpful because often we can discuss things that are really negative or really difficult or, you know, not always the most jolly things in the world. And it's not that we want people to make stuff up at the end or to, you know, sing a jolly song, but actually think about something that can be positive. And it might be that we say to someone that's there as a service user, you know, just think about one message that you can give to a mental health nurse, that if they have that in the back of their mind next time they support someone, might actually make a difference. You know, just something like that. So, yeah, about 45 minutes. But the other advantage that we've got is that we never say it's going to run this length of time. So if the session's amazing and it's absolutely still going strong after 45 minutes, we can go a little bit longer. But if we're all a bit fed up by 35 minutes, then, you know, we, we, we can wrap it up by then. I think what is always amazing and it certainly amazes me because I, I'm rubbish at the bit that we're going to practice in the middle. Nikki is an absolute star of this stuff. So that's why Nikki's going to join in. Uh, I'm, I'm rubbish at having those, you know, getting those conversations and keeping them going and reflecting and all that. Even though I'm a nurse, I, it's just not my skill, really. I like being behind the camera doing the IT kind of stuff. Uh, but that kind of bit about it's so shocking how every time the guest will say, I really enjoyed that. And there's no way that was 45 minutes. 
it just feels like, even though it's really stressful at the start, it feels like it happens and it's natural and it's enjoyable. And the way that I often describe kind of Nikki and Vanessa is, I, I don't know if you've, you know, you have the opportunity to watch any UK telly, but it's not the Jeremy Paxman, so the hard hitting political interview of, you know, you tell me why you're doing this horrible thing. It's much more the collaborative, conversational, kind of enjoyable conversation to get through subjects. And again, that's where Nikki's really, really good at that. So like I said before, what we tried to do before the episode starts is have an opportunity to have a conversation with a guest. So I want someone to volunteer as a guest. So someone volunteer. You're just going to come here. You're just going to talk to Nikki and that's it. And if you're rubbish at it, it doesn't matter because it's going to finish in 10 minutes. Yeah, come on. Right, you okay, Nikki? Yeah, Is there anything good, you want to you. I've not said? Um, I guess I think one of the big strengths is, well, while our guest is coming to get comfortable, um, some of the things I think that are really important are that we've been able to talk about some really important topics. So when things like Black Lives Matter was being talked about, when we have things like LGBT weeks, when we talk about things like hair racism for nurses, that's really important because one of the big issues, I think, in, in practice at the moment is often senior nurses are so busy they're working, 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 and they're doing a lot of task orientated things. And so the kind of conversations that I had as a young mental health nurse growing up, they're not so easy to have anymore because there isn't anybody who's been around a long time to talk to you about it. And so I think one of the things that's really exciting is the opportunity to bring people in, bring researchers, people with a lot of theory background, people from different types of mental health nursing, people from adjacent careers, service users, and we've had musicians on, you name it. If somebody has a passion about mental health, then we'll bring them on to talk about it. And I think it's really important to be for nurses to be able to be really good practitioners, but also to know who you are as a nurse and what your understanding of the job that we're trying to do as mental health workers is why we're trying to do this type of work. Um, and I think that kind of sense of community is so important. Um, and one of the things I think that makes it really interesting as well as the questions that we get, um, it's quite hard. I mean, I really hate having to put my hand up in a big room and ask a question, but online it's very different to type a question. And we get a lot of um, particularly early practitioners and students who watch, who ask the questions that maybe they don't have space to ask anywhere else um, about how do you handle this? What's what's your understanding of this? And we also had somebody who um, was asked about Heidegger and managed a, managed a really coherent response. So congrats to that guest. <laughs> so should we get started? So we have a lovely guest. Can I ask your name, please? I'm Shuna. Shuna. So normally, obviously, I would know you because I would have tracked you down or Dave would have rounded you up or and, and we would have been looking. And we do look constantly in our practice areas and online to see who's out there talking about mental health and who has a particular passion or an interest. So what sort of work do you do? What's your, what's your area of specialty? Well, I'm um, a clinical nurse specialist uh, working in the and um, yes, areas of interest. Um, at the moment, I'm working on projects around reducing coercive practices mm -hmm. um, on wards, but also with community teams, mm -hmm. um, their involvement in that. And I'm working on um, a project doing more recovery-oriented care in um, our long-term facilities, so our supported housing and long-term uh, long-term yeah. wards. That's absolutely straight up our alley. <laughs> I'd be very surprised if you're not sucked into a, a proper episode very shortly. So one of the things I think that we would we would obviously want to, to talk about is the work that you do. And if you've got any um, resources that you would want to point people 
alongside. So I would take a note of those as well. And that's one of the things that's really, I think, really helpful is I can't remember how many times I've been in, in conversations where I've heard someone speaking about something and thought, oh, if only I knew what I've had a link to that. So one of the things that we do is when you're, especially you're talking, you mentioned a research policy or an article or something, we tweet it out at the same time so that people have the resources as we go and it makes it a really a live session so that people can follow up their interests. Because I don't know about anyone else, but I've got like a load of PDFs that I promise myself one day I will read. I'm not reading them. <laughs> so it's really interesting and important, I think, to have that flexibility in a conversation. So that's one of the things that we would do. At the start, think about the three areas that you wanted to explore. And then if there's anything you particularly wanted to point out. So do you, would you think that you were comfortable on camera? Was it something that would, would be a concern to you? Um, well, it's always a little bit scary, but I think it's, uh, it's a case of the last three years have made it uh, a little bit more... Uh, uh, reasonable to do um, yeah. uh, and at least I can go to the hairdressers every so often now which I couldn't do three <laughs> years ago so I was just watching myself on camera with my hair getting wilder and wilder so uh, yeah <laughs> we've lived through but some it's, strange it's, times we have yeah yeah so it's um it's 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 something that I wouldn't say I'm comfortable with but I'm not as uncomfortable with as mm. a number of years ago Mm. And I think you've hit on another point there as well, which is to put someone in front of a, of a room of people to speak is actually quite stressful. And for, for students, and maybe for service users, it's a lot to ask. Whereas to be on a Zoom call like we all are every day is a very different experience. And so what we yeah. would do is we use the chat function, which no one else can see, but we would have the chat function with the three areas for, for us talking about. So you know where the conversation is going to go, but it's not weirdly planned. Um, yeah. We would also be... Oh, I would be talking to you in a very kind of conversational tone. So I'd meet you probably 20 minutes before and we'd be chatting away and then go live so that it's not that sudden break. So if, if this is something that you guys are going to do for yourselves, um, it's really important to meet the person sort of 10 minutes before. Be friendly and chatty, but don't talk about what you're going to talk in the interview. because There's nothing more irritating for an audience than when you say, we were talking about this when you weren't here. <laughs> it's like, OK, yeah, yeah. So, so you know where you're going to be heading to. Um, and you keep an eye on the direction of the conversation. All where of it. it's going to yeah, the person just has to turn up and press the button. And that's the kind of experience that you want for the person to have. Also, I have my, my trusty uh, WhatsApp on the side, another free thing that we use, and that Dave will be collating any questions that come up on the Facebook Live, any questions that come up um, via the Twitter feed, via the hashtag, so people can join in in real time. And, and that's really helpful for if something's come up and people haven't maybe been as clear as they might be or someone is really enthusiastic. And one of the lovely things is when people say, oh, that's right. I love what you're saying there. And you can actually feed it back to the person in real time. And you can ask questions as you go along in a much more kind of natural way rather than waiting till the end. So we take care of all that side of things, too. And if if you guys were going to be doing this kind of conversation, I think it's a very helpful thing to have like that team backing you up. So you don't have to keep looking away to bring questions in. And the other thing is. Um, not all questions maybe are, are well-timed <laughs> and I'm not I'm, sure, I'm not suggesting for one second that it's happening at Horatio but I don't think I've ever been to um, a place where someone didn't ask a question that seemed completely the wrong time for that question or a bit random and and, and you can put those in a place that they're a bit more helpful as well so that it's you sculpt the question as you go along a little bit which I think is useful and then the other thing as Dave said he would say um, that we would be coming to the end about 40 minutes in. So is there anything that you would like to, to, to say about, particularly like a message that you would wanna give about kind of the way that we uh, provide care, um, the one things that we could do to be less restrictive in the way that we do that? If there's one message you'd like to get across, what would it be? 
Um, it would be something about sharing responsibility, um, mm -hmm. not pulling it all towards you as a mental health professional, mm -hmm. I think. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's something that kind of connects all the, the sort of the projects that I'm working on at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's a kind of around that sort of narrative around who's, who's the expert. Um, um, so one way we're saying, oh no, we're incorporating all different, uh, um, all different um, um, areas of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, we're saying, but I'm gonna decide this for you. Um, and it's, I think it's in the long-term care, it, it's a little bit kind of smothering with love um, yeah. sometimes. Um, yeah. And in coercive care, it's um, yeah, maybe out of concern, but it feels less uh, feels less fuzzy, I think. But mm -hmm. I think we have to be really careful about what we're doing and that it's effective, and mm -hmm. um, that um, we we don't have as a mental health care professional, we don't have the ultimate responsibility for everything about the people who are coming to see us. Mm. Yeah. That yeah, no, it's a brilliant message and absolutely want to really unpack. And I think just from that brief statement, we've got loads of conversational topics that if we were to present it formally, it would be it would feel like a lot of other conversations have happened. But having a conversation, we might talk about, first of all, a definition of what coercive care is. What is it about mm -hmm. nursing that makes us take power? Mm -hmm. You know, why, why can't we let that space flourish? What's going on there? We could be talking about, you know, the, our history the nursing history that has led us down this road we could be looking at innovative practice that's going on we could be looking at change theories and change management so the conversation would flow and that's why the time goes so fast so um yeah. absolutely we're going to be taking your details and snagging you for later i hope <laughs> <laughs> coming soon to an mht episode near you um i can see that we're running quite low on time now which is pretty much the thing i always say about 40 minutes in um and so I guess what we'll look to then is to, to draw any last questions in, um, to tease out anything that's really not clear, to point people in the direction of resources. But also, I think and one of the things you were talking about as well was this, you know, what can we do? That really that always comes up. And I think often in professional contexts, we don't bring it down to what can I do? What can my organisation do? What do I need to be aware of? So that's something that we would probably finish with. And I think it's one thing we really aim to do is to make people working in mental health to feel powerful in a really positive way um because i think there's a lot about working in complex systems that can make you feel that you're not responsible for yourself and for your practice for what comes out of your mouth or how you look at people or how you smile or how you engage um, and so we we really do try and bring people to the fore who actually give those messages about real pride in what you do and and doing an excellent job so is there anything you'd like to say before we finish up? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. In that case, I would say you've been a fantastic guest and thank you very much for being such a good sport. When coming to the front when you don't know what people are going to do you. to you is a beautiful thing. <laughs> what a gift. <laughs> I'd very love to thank see you. Bye. So just let me get the presentation back. Uh, just to say, obviously, we have... Uh, hopefully giving you a really good snapshot over about 45 minutes of how MHCB works. Uh, hopefully you might be interested in looking at it in the future. Uh, there's a few QR codes that you can just use your phone camera on uh, just to get a direct link to our uh, podcast. Uh, but obviously if you also follow Unite MHNA 
on either Twitter or Facebook. We're constantly spamming people about MHCB, so it's absolutely sort of fine to do that. Uh, and just in terms of finishing today, uh, obviously want to say a huge thanks to Nikki. Uh, you know, I, I think it, it's always really good to surround yourself with excellent people. Uh, and Nikki is definitely one of those people because what she just did now, she makes it look really easy. There was no way I could have done it to the same kind of quality. So if you want to do stuff like this, find other people that are excited and, and, and want to do it too, but have got really good skills and, and can get involved. Uh, and uh, without further ado, thanks for coming to our session today. Uh, if you want any more details, come and have a quick word now uh, or just contact me online. Okay. Thank you, Nikki.